Welcome to Living Biblically, a podcast from Graceland Church. Join us as Pastor Nate shares biblical wisdom that we can use in our daily lives and relationships to help us put Jesus first in our lives for our neighbors. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast at Graceland Church on Living Biblically. Hey, the last episode, just real quickly, if you have not listened to it. If you have, this will be a real quick summary, and all of us need to hear things over and over again. We need to internalize, believe, and trust, and do the things. And I've been hearing several truths about the Christian life that I need to hear over and over again, that God's for me, He's kind, He's forgiving, uh, there's no condemnation. So so real quickly, I just want to give a real brief summary of the last episode that dropped on giving Christian friendships, hunting licenses, right? Essentially what I talked about, and uh, if, you, if you listen to this, you know this, it was, the, it was the discipline of giving other Christian friends in your life the freedom, the permission to evaluate your life and, a, and, and, and basically lean in, confront, call out. Hey, hey, that's not right. I saw the way you interacted with your kids. I saw that business transaction being facilitated. I saw how you spoke to your husband. I saw how you spoke to your wife. Um, I haven't seen you at, at church in a while. Hey, it seems as if you, you, you've you got some issues going on with anger. Whatever it might be, um, we, want to, we want close, godly friendship. Now, you don't do this with everybody. I mean, my goodness, you do not open up your life to everybody. There's, there's, a, there's such a thing as, you know, like pseudo-transparency and and, uh, you know, I want anybody and everybody to lean in. Well, I don't want that, and certainly you don't want that, but you should have two or three people, at least two or three people in your life that you believe that are for you, care for you, that you give a hunting license to. Why? Jesus calls you into a personal relationship for sure, right? We have a relationship with the Father through the mediator of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the one who has come and offered up himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And as we've repented, turned from our sins, and continually turned from our sins, and as we trust and behold and have faith in Jesus, by His grace we are saved, we're rescued, we're forgiven. But that relationship that's personal is never only meant to be private. And because we're, we're called to be a family, right? I mean, just uh, the description of brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God— um, it's not it's not just meant to be private. We do life together. And because of that, because we live lives publicly and we're social beings, right? You you've seen things in other pre- people's lives, brothers' lives, sisters' lives that are like, hey, that's that's not helpful. And we need to give people a hunting license where they can confront lovingly, kindly, patiently confront us. If you have a relationship that's only ever confrontation, well, that's imbalanced. If you have a relationship that's only ever encouragement, that's imbalanced as well. You need to have a relationship that has a balance, that strikes a balance, and you never get it perfect, but that encourages, refreshes, loves on you, and then also loves on you by way of confrontation and rebuke. We need both. You need both, right? I need both. But why do so many Christians have surface-level friendships? Why, why do so many Christians not have really robust, strong community and friendships? Paul David Tripp, in a book called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, with the subtitle, People in Need of Change, Helping People in Need of Change. So, long title, subtitle, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, love that title, 
But I love I love the subtitle. People in need of change, helping people in need of change. So there's a quality there, right? I mean, there's level footing. At the cross, we are all people who need to be changed, and God calls us in His kindness and His sovereignty. He calls you and me to help other people in need of change, acknowledging all the while that that we need change too. So we do this together, right? We're all hot messes together, and we, we need each other. And So I hope that you have some friends that embody the hunting license that love you and care for you enough to lean in. But why do so many Christians not have um, close, intimate friendships? Why do we Why do we have, more often than not, superficial and casual relationships? He, he gives five, and I, I add a six. So here's the first one. One is busyness. Busyness. This traps us. Busyness traps us into having superficial, casual relationships, casual conversations. And a lot of a lot of Christians uh, might prefer to get to know other people, but they they just don't have the time. They don't have the margin. There's there's no time in their schedule. Now, um, I am a pastor at a church. I serve part time at a an organization where I get to oversee church planting in, in the state of Indiana with a fantastic team and a, an incredible team. I get to work with at Grace on Church. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a neighbor. There's a lot of things that that I have going on in my life, in our marriage, in our family, in our church. And one of the things that we do is we are very intentional about uh, our our lives, our, our marriage, our family, our rhythms. And we schedule in time with people that are life-giving to us, people that know us, people that care for us, people that are safe, people that advocate, people that are real, because we don't want uh, casual, surface-level relationships. Now, I'll just to be honest, in my role at Gration, that's been a very difficult discipline is that I can't get to know everybody on a very close, intimate basis. It's just the reality of being at a church that's that's a, a larger church than most churches. I don't say that pridefully. In fact, it's just it's really been something that's been difficult for me because I really enjoy people. I enjoy knowing people's names and their stories and their struggles and their highs and their lows and what's going on and praying for them. And there's just not enough time in the week for me to connect with everybody at Graceland, even in the month. And so we have a great team of people. But uh, in in my busyness, I recognize that one of the things that God's created for you and for me is that we don't just need every relationship to be casual. We we need some strong, robust, intimate, close relationships. And oftentimes the reason why we don't is we're busy. So are you too busy? If you're saying, I'm just too busy to have that, then you're too busy. I mean, just to be quite Frank, if you're too busy to have close relationships, you're too busy. And I'm just telling you, it is not God's will for your life for you to be so busy that you have no margin in your life for authentic, close relationships. Another reason that we prefer or have superficial um, and casual relationships over really getting to know each other is we think that we're unique. We think we're unique in a couple different ways. We buy into the lie that we're unique, and we struggle in ways that no one else does. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll wrongly think, I don't need to open myself up to anybody because no one can truly identify with what I'm going through. So I'm just, I'm the man, I'm the woman on the island, I'm alone. No one can really, truly identify, empathize with me. And so I, that's why I don't have close relationships, because I'm unique. I'm, I'm, there's never been another person like me in the history of womankind, mankind, that's struggling and going through what I'm going through. 
And, and obviously, when you when I say it out loud and you're listening to me, like it just sounds laughable, but functionally, a lot of us live that way. I'm unique. No one can really identify with me. Well, in one sense, you're you and I'm me. There's only one Nate Milliken, and there's there's only one you. But the Bible is very clear. No temptation has seized us, but that which is common to man and woman, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So you're not unique in your struggle. I'm not unique in my struggle. Another way that we think that we're unique is we wrongly believe that we actually don't need other people. Why don't I'm good. I'm okay. I'm doing just fine. And truth is, maybe you are doing fine, but you're robbing the gift that God has placed in your life to bless and encourage and refresh other people. And you might be wrongly evaluating and assessing yourself, right? I mean, Socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living. Maybe as you have not examined your life, you've come to the conclusion, well, yeah, I'm good. I don't, I don't need friends. But if you were to actually evaluate your life, you would see, I'm not unique. I really do need close friendships. I don't just, I don't, I don't, I don't need everybody in my life for, to be a casual, surface, superficial relationship. And I don't mean that as, as, a, as a cast a shadow on relationships that you have. You, you can't be close to everybody, but you need, you need some close relationships. And I think we prefer and functionally live in the casual and the superficial because we're busy and we think we're unique. Third, and this is a tough one. I mean, this is right from Scripture, John 1. We prefer, we prefer darkness rather than light. We find the searching light of true friendship a little intimidating. And true friendships call you out of darkness, out of the darkness of personal privacy into the loving candor of mutual concern. Um, Tripp says it moves you from being a sealed envelope to being an open book or an open letter, right? To, to be consistent with that metaphor. A sealed envelope, which is how a lot of people are, casual, surface, superficial relationships, to being an open letter. This is who I am. But more often than not, people prefer darkness rather than light because when we open ourselves up, people find some things that, ooh, that's, that's not good. That's not where you need to be. That's ugly. That's concerning. Or you need some help. Or let me encourage you. Or, or they're going to they're gonna confront. And, and we, we prefer darkness rather than light. Fourth, we simply don't care. We simply don't care. I had a class at Southern Seminary years ago that Lauren joined me uh, in on, and it was the only class where it was mandatory. If you were married, you had to come with your spouse. And it was on a weekday night, um, I think from, I think, six to nine. And it was taught by two couples, Robert and Karen Chong, who are still friends of mine, and then Bill and Jane Coutrere. Bill Coutrere, Dr. Coutrere, has since passed away several years ago, but his wife, um, his legacy, her legacy, her testimony still goes on. Just two incredibly godly couples. Bill's with the Lord. Look forward to seeing him one day. And and they said this in their class, and it, it just it just stuck with me, and it has been emblazoned on the forefront of my, my mind when I think about this. They said when they meet with couples, and couples are angry, and they're PO'd, they're ticked, and they're, they got all sorts of nonverbals or actions or words flying, they say, you know, they're actually kind of encouraged by that. You say, well, why? Because there's obviously passion. <laughs> they, they care. Or maybe you're thinking, 
is he reading my mail? Is, is, is Pastor Nate hanging out my bushes? I'm not hanging out in the front of your house. But my point is, like, you care. There's feelings there. There's emotion. You're, you're vested. You're, something ticks you off, and you want to let them know because you care that they're not seeing you, vice versa. They also said, obviously, at the other end of the spectrum is people who are, who are embodying joy, and there's peace. He goes, obviously, we're encouraged by that. But then they said this. When couples come in, and there's a sense of indifference, a sense of apathy. There's an expressionlessness on their face and their disposition, and they'll say things like, "Yeah, I don't. I just don't care. I don't. It does. I'm and like I know my heart should be moved. I know like intellectually what's right, but my heart's not moved. And I, I really don't care." They told us that's when warning signs. That's when the warning bell should ring loudly because apathy, indifference, not caring is an indicator that, man, your heart has become, there's like layer after layer after layer after layer of hardness, of stubbornness, of pride, of an obstinance. And one of the reasons why we prefer superficial and casual over against really getting to know other people and having them getting to know us is we simply don't care. Fifth, no one asked, right? I, I, no, no one asked us to be a close friend. Now, I don't mean like the, you know, the lyrics in the George Strait song from decades ago where you pass a note in gym class to somebody, hey, will you be my friend, right? I'm, I'm not saying that. But in some sense, I am, kind of, I am kind of saying that. Like, have you ever asked somebody, hey, listen, we seem to like some similar things. We seem to be maybe in a similar season or rhythm. Uh, I've connected with you. You know, maybe would you, would you like to... Uh, would you like to engage? Would you like to, you know, be be take this relationship, this friendship from just casual to like, I need some people in my life to get to know me. I, I'm not where I need to be, or I want to grow. I want to aspire to to greater things in my in my individual life, in my marriage, in my parenting, and in my in my job, in my churchmanship, whatever it is. And I need some godly women and some godly men in my life. And 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 make the ask. Ask somebody. Invite them. Invite them into your life. I think more often than not. We just don't ask. Six, and lastly, we prefer the comfortable. We prefer the comfortable. Now, full disclosure, I've got some very close friends in my life. There's some couples that my wife, Lauren, and I are very close to both of us. And there's some people that she's more close to, and there's people I'm more close to. But the people that are really close to us as a, as a married couple, we've gotten to know this, th- these couples and they've gotten to know us. And there's been some times like, man, there's been some issues. There's been some messes. There's been some chaos. There's been some joys and some blessings. But we, we focus on the, the, the messes and, and the chaos and the brokenness as a reason why we don't want to get close. We know there's, this is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, that's life. I, I, just don't, I just don't know how else to tell you. It's a maxim that, I, that I sh- I've shared with our team here at Graceland is ministry is all about embracing one awkward conversation after the next, right? I mean, just one uncomfortable conversation after the next. And that's, that's life. That's, that's, that's relationships. That's friendships. That's marriage. That's parenting. That's, that's life. That's neighboring. And so, but, but so often we prefer the casual and the surface because we, we just like the comfortable or we don't ask. We simply don't care. Perhaps we prefer the darkness rather than the light. We think that we're unique. No one struggles like me, or I don't really need anybody. 
or we're just too stinking busy. And I want to encourage you, if that's, if that's you, and maybe one or, or several of those characteristics, characteristics have characterized your life, one, turn from that and see the gift and the flourishing in your life, in your relationships, if you're married, if you're married, and your parenting and your family dynamic, see the gift and how you can flourish if you will yield to the reality that God has created you to be in close friendships with people. I pray that that encouraged, refreshed, and even challenged you. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Living Biblically. We hope this episode encouraged you today. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at questions at gracelandbaptist.org.